0: Adults are predictable. They expect you to behave as though what you do today is gonna have an effect on where you'll be in 30 years. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that there's going to be anything in 30 years. I don't know what's worse, you know? Being blown up in
1: a nuclear war or having a 7-Eleven on every corner.
0: You want us to be just like you? i Think maybe if I had your haircut, I could sell more policies? Or maybe if I had your mouth, I could okay, close the deal every day? Okay.
1: Give him a break. I'm giving him too many. They love you, you know? They don't know what to think of me.
0: Maybe I am as bad as they say. Who says? Everyone. You're different. they are living under this illusion that life as we know it is gonna continue forever. I'm in trouble. You got a B plus in calculus? <laughs> this is murder. It was an accident. They killed my brother. You're not listening to me. No, you're the one who's not listening. It was a suicide they killed my brother no one knows anything except a kid on a skateboard it happened right here oh, i'm no. not lying you gotta hear what it
1: sounds like from where i'm standing
0: everybody knows that you're blaming yourself for the way that he died but i want you to know that your friends still think about you somebody had to shake their tree you said so yourself oh yeah by the rules
1: you got your team i got mine
2: I guess we all do unexpected things sometimes, don't we?
1: Blooming the cube. Welcome to They Called Us A Movie, testing the strength of friendships, one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called Us A Movie. We are part of the Main Amy Network. To find more from us, check out the website at themainamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamey. We are also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at GVNation.com. Welcome back to They Called Us A Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, everyone.
0: No bit this week, just a PSA skateboarding is not a crime
1: there you go right on man we could all get behind that uh yeah this week is my pick but before we get into my pick we're going to talk about what we watched this week so i believe mark was going to go first so mark what did you watch this week
0: yeah so um i had mentioned it last week um as i was watching a supermarket sweep on netflix that i had saw that the uh floor is lava was a new game show out there and i heard some things about it So I checked out a couple episodes this week. It is about as dumb as you think a game called Floor is Lava would be. The best part about it is it's so earnest in the part where it doesn't fully take itself seriously, which is what I think I like about it. Like when the uh, contestants fall into the lava, it's obviously scripted for the people to act like it's like the end of the world. And you can tell they probably pause production while they swim the person out because it's like all these different cuts of people going, no! no, no, my, no! You know? Like, we'll revenge you! And stuff like that. And also, it's it's got that thing that really sometimes good game shows that I like have, where you yell at the television, like, involuntarily, <laughs> because of something they do. Okay. You know? It, it's like, why are you going back?
1: Like Legend of Hidden
0: Temple? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's not that way, way too. <laughs> um. So, it has that effect. Like, I did that involuntarily on one of the, in the first episode, when someone just backtracked. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? You're wasting time. I
1: just, <laughs> <laughs> like, you dumb piece of shit <laughs> as you're sitting on your, like, a, a barca lounger. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. I was like, that's when I was like, okay, I think if I had more time to binge, you know, I would probably have watched this whole season. So I watched that. And then the second movie I watched is just, you know, random thing in my house, you know, every so often Turner Classic Movies is on. So I just got done cooking dinner and went in to see what my grandmom had on and it had... Just started to be one of my top 10 movies of all time. Some Like It Hot um, was on there. So I sat and watched that whole thing because I can watch that movie every time it's on. I've praised it in previous podcasts as it has, you know, one of my favorite end lines in any movie ever. So, you know, I sat and watched that when I probably should have been upstairs writing, you know, in my office writing things for Stranger Damies. So. Hopefully the, okay. hopefully the next session doesn't suck. No. So that's what I watched. I got a couple of things that people have been yammering at me to watch, and I don't know if I will. Have you checked out Warrior Nun yet?
1: No, I have not. No.
0: Okay. Is that on I heard a couple of people tell me that was good, and um, they compared it to Buffy, which got my ears perked up immediately. The other thing was The Old Guard or something that just came out.
1: Oh, the so. Charlize Theron movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that either.
0: Yeah. So maybe, maybe I'll check those out, and it'll be on a future episode here, but... Yeah, yeah, that's about it. I actually am glad that I had things to talk about.
2: Okay. Dan, what about you? What do you watch this week? I, I mixed it up a little bit. I watched a couple movies and, and, and a, a series. Uh, I re-watched The Boys on Amazon Prime, mm. kind of gearing up for the second season. Okay. And I feel like Carl Urban is so underrated, man. Maybe that's not the right word, but he doesn't get his dues. I'll say okay. that. I, I'm a big fan of Carl Urban. I wish Dread had done better at the box office so he could have gotten... Another dread movie because he was awesome in that. I watched that. I watched Terminator Dark Fate, which wasn't terrible. It's probably the next best Terminator movie after T2. I know that's not saying a lot because everything after T2 is hot garbage. Okay. Are you saying it's
1: it's the best movie since T2, like chronologically?
2: Or are you y- saying it's the second best Terminator movie? It's it's the next best one after Terminator 2. So I would say. Third best? Uh, third best, yeah. I would say T2, yeah. Terminator, <laughs> Dark Fate. Okay. I, I guess chronologically it would be the re- right way to say it, right, Ant? Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were saying that it was better than the original. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> okay. it, it definitely has the old tropes with Arnold and Sarah Connor. But it was good to see her back. She kicks all sorts of ass. I really, if they plan on doing another Terminator, I really want them to do something totally different with it. Because sure. just sending a terminator back to kill someone is it's done to death at this point they need to come up with something new with a terminator like Mm -hmm. a terminator could come back and do anything but yeah i i didn't hate it i thought it was actually decent and last night i watched jumanji the next level it was fine it was it was a decent watch like it was a good way to pass the time Mm. I actually enjoyed the first one, uh, Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah, I heard that was a surprise. Yeah, Yeah, that was actually pretty good. This one was okay. I would give it a three out of five, I would say. But I would would say Welcome to the Jungle was probably four out of five. But uh, yeah, Yeah. that's that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, sounds like you
1: got some variety in there. So I watched the new Hulu film, Palm Springs, which came out this week. Which Andy Samberg and uh, the mom from How I Met Your Mother, really good. It plays on that Groundhog's Day kind of idea about replaying the same day over and over again. Something light for this kind of COVID, but also it, it does it well. It's a it's a pretty good romantic comedy too at the same time. Really enjoyed it. A Lonely Island production, so some people some famous faces show up there too.
0: Yeah, I, I f- don't know if you've seen it, and. Aunt- but I've heard Popstar is really underrated.
1: I don't get Popstar to be okay. honest with you. I you've, like The Lonely Island. It. I've seen it. I like The Lonely Island and most everything that they do. I don't I I don't get Popstar okay. to be honest with you. But this is a, this is also coming from someone who that loves Hot Rod, so, you know, as we said <laughs> last week, we're, I'm
2: all over the place. Um, it, it's it, It's weird because I've seen people put Popstar Amongst the same movies as uh, Spinal Tap, as just like sure. a, a great um, music parody, I guess, or band parody. Mm-hmm. So it, I'm curious about it, but at the same time, I I like Andy sandberg but I'm not like a huge fan of him. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what to think really. I guess yeah. I I would just have to check it out.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe I need to rewatch it. Hot Rod didn't hit for me the first time I saw it, so maybe it deserves mm-hmm. a second watch. I've heard. Plenty of people saying it's like one of the best comedies of the past 10 years or so. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it was one that kind of fell flat for me, but okay. Palm Springs is really good. I suggest it. If you guys have Hulu, if you don't, then I guess, shit guess you're out shit out of luck. luck. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched the lodge, which was a horror movie that came out last year. Uh, it was good. Uh, it definitely feels like hereditary. I think I said on Twitter that it was like 2019. hereditary, not nearly as good. I'm not going to even say that, but Definitely in that I want to feel miserable sort of sort of way. <laughs> yeah. Then you watch The Lodge. Uh, but it was really well done. Um, and if you're a fan of horror, then check that one out, too. That's on Hulu as well. And then I went into a really long string. of I got into a documentary kick of specifically video game documentaries. Yeah. So I watched Nintendo Quest, which is a story of a guy who I think is just a, a huge nes fan he seems kind of like introverted and stuff like that and his friends kind of to try and break him out of some sort of shell and to get him out him out more they kind of give him they give him a a challenge that they're going to give him 30 days to buy every single nes north american nes release so he has to start at zero and then and buy all of them because he already had like probably like three four hundred already so he had to buy them all over again Which was uh, it was like super mindless kind of thing that I threw on uh, late at night, which was very, very entertaining and fun to kind of watch him pull down a whole bunch of games that, you know, I recognize and him trying to get to the the expensive ones and all that. So like the the world champion, the Nintendo championship one didn't count because that wasn't a a release. It was a it was like a, a sweepstakes or whatever. It was never sold, so that was their stipulation. It had to be sold in North America, so it wound up being like something like 675, 675 yeah. games or so, wow, yeah, something I, like that. I,
0: yeah, I think the official number is like low 700s for yeah like playable North American NES games, and a lot of them are giveaways. Or did they count the um? I guess they would have to get to that number. The the, the tagging game the Tegan game. I believe the so. One yeah. In, in the yeah. black the black cartridges. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I watched that, and then I watched The Power of Glove, which was the story of the Power Glove. Again, another really light, it's probably 70 minutes long. It was a fun one. Uh, Just kind of the history of the Power Glove and how it failed and how the wizard failed and all that stuff. And then I did a rewatch of a movie called Atari Game Over, which tells a story of E.T., the Atari game, and how that was forever linked to the cra- the Nintendo the video game crash of the early 80s and they were it's also kind of coinciding with them digging up the the landfill in New Mexico which was interesting and kind of like kind of sad too because the ET basically ended the career of the game developer the guy that that built it single-handedly, and he seemed like he was on kind of a meteoric rise through early video games in terms of, you know, I think he had like three absolute smashes under his belt, and then they kind of gave him an impossible task to finish a game in five weeks, and he went and did it and just kind of coincided with Atari just losing money hand over fist and blaming E.T., and then he kind of wound up being the scapegoat and it was kind of sad to see, like, someone just, he was probably 24 at the time, just completely getting kicked out of a an industry like that. So that one was interesting. And then I just rewatched Raiders of the Lost Ark one night, so, and that, obviously. Yeah, did you,
0: did you recognize anything in that that's from a certain other podcast we do?
1: No, I don't know what you're talking about. Was it the part where Karen Allen basically says that she was, like, underage when no. they had sex? <laughs> there is some choice dialogue where it's like, ooh, yeah. that did not age well. <laughs> and then, yeah, that was my week. I was going to say, happy America? birthday, uh, no, well, yeah, Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, Harrison Ford. Yeah, sort of yeah. almost the same day that I watched that. I don't think yeah, I watched it the day go. before. And then just in between that, i would just been going back and watching old wrestling paper I was use. wondering if you were going to talk about that. Yeah, not to keep this too long in the tooth. So Mark has been gracious to give me his WWE password. Don't tell anybody. So I've been going back. Uh, I used to watch wrestling and it was, I'm realizing it was a very short period of time where I watched wrestling (laughs) enough for like maybe three WrestleManias and that was about it. So now I'm kind of going past into into the later 90s of after I stopped watching and there's some good stuff, some terrible stuff. But yeah, it's it's fun to watch that kind of stuff now. Looking back on all of that stuff, I'm I was a stupid nine-year-old or eight-year-old whenever I was watching it because it's so obvious that the, it's all it's all staged and all yeah. fake. But it's fun to watch like Stone Cold pop up and then. Uh, the Rock, who also like one pay per view, it's like oh here's here's a rookie Rocky Maivia, and then all of a sudden the next next pay per view he's got the Intercontinental Championship around his around his waist. <laughs> like oh wow well, that was quick, and that's all I watched this week. But this week was my week, and I picked a Generation X classic, if that's what we want to call it. Yeah, and it's a cult classic, and I've heard a lot about it, and I don't get it, but. <laughs> The movie we watched was 1989's Gleaming the Cube. So guys,
2: where are you coming from with Gleaming the Cube? You took the words right out of my mouth. I don't get this movie. I don't know. what Who was who this movie made for? <laughs> was there a, a group of, of, of kids in the late 80s, early 90s who went around solving crimes <laughs> on skateboards? Was that a thing? Must have been. yeah. yeah. I I missed out on that, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: I would have been great. If this is the actual Gen X cult classic, I think it does a disservice to Airborne, which should be the Gen X cult classic extreme sports movie. Um, what about Rad?
2: I, I was going to say, what about Rad? Because Rad Rad's is pretty I've good. I've heard Rad a bunch of times.
0: Yeah, but Rad doesn't have the devil's backbone. So. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, this is
2: definitely <laughs> talked
1: about in that sort of, that yeah, sort of yeah. era of... I mean, even going beyond extreme sports, uh, pump up the volume, singles, reality bites, all of those. This is a little different than reality bites, but it's you know also six or seven years removed, so it's kind of same generation as they grow up. Uh, But yeah, I when I picked this movie and then I watched the trailer, I wouldn't have guessed that it was a movie about teens foiling an arms deal to vietnam
0: yeah of all places get <laughs> that hot topic in 1989
1: right well i was trying to think of what so why of why they created that and why this movie has become such a cult classic and the only thing i could kind of like glean from it is like Viet- the vietnam war was their parents war really or you know just slightly early, later than their parents But like, so they foil something where they're aiding, I'm assuming, because we never really hear, but I'm assuming because the Vietnam anti-communist relief fund is the ones getting these, ones sending these ammunitions across to Vietnam. I'm assuming it's like, you know, our parents fought this war that, you know, anti-communism is such bullshit, but... You know, so we're sticking, sticking it to the man who's trying to stop communism and just killing innocent people. And that's our Gen X attitude about it. Because we're all going to die in nuclear war anyway in less than 30 years, man.
2: That's yeah, all I that can get was, That was a weird topic. <laughs> <laughs> and he, They bring it up very casually. Like, What if you don't die in nuclear war? <laughs> eh, whatever. We'll figure it out. <laughs> like, what? How do you jump from that? Very, very nihilistic. I didn't understand what the what the point of it was. And I was very surprised by this movie because it starts out like your, you know, your typical movie that runs in the same vein like Rad and, you know, kids are are skateboarding, blah, blah, blah. And then it turns it takes a dark turn pretty quickly. And yeah, it, it caught my attention for sure. But it's I don't know how to describe it. I it, wish it wasted its time doing
1: something completely different.
2: That's really what. <laughs> right. I, I wish it had stayed along the same vein yeah. as just kids on skateboards. And if it's they were going to solve, right. That's if really gonna, all I wanted. If you were going to solve something, it should have been like who who robbed the the local store or whatever, you know. Not yeah. stopping an arms deal or you know raising money to save. The community, <laughs> uh, like, whatever you know, yeah. oh, it's like the old folks home or some shit.
1: We're like entering a skateboard competition, and then there's a bad group of skateboarders. Someone messed with Jimmy's trucks on his skateboard. We got to figure out who he, who did that and expose them. Something right. like that, right? Yeah, that's the movie a little... I was hoping that we were getting into.
2: Right, and I would have been perfectly fine with that. I yeah. don't want to see espionage. <laughs> in this type of movie there's way too much talking way too much talking in this movie but i will say what this movie has going for it over such classics as rad is martial arts <laughs> yeah that,
1: <laughs> bit, that come out of nowhere
2: yep oh yeah <laughs> there's a lot of angst in this movie too yes there's a lot of angst worthy of Zack snyder himself
0: yeah. i would imagine a lot of it with the being a cult classic has to do with having uh, christian slater in it. Because sure. I'm just looking at his IMDb, and just the amount of movies that he's in that you could call cult classics is, like, amazing. Like, he's in the—one of his first ones is he's in The Legend of Billy Jean, which I've heard about but never seen, talked about. Um, and then it's Heathers is right after this. Sure. Then,
1: this is, like, right in his heyday. Yeah,
0: yeah, then Pump Up the Volume, True Romance, and, you like, you're sort of— just building up he does a lot of these weird movies in between but then he pops up these movies that you just hear people talk about and just like this you either get or don't get while watching it He was one of those stars from back then that seemed to either have a an eclectic agent or he got to pick his own role back sure
1: i'm sure we don't we don't even realize how big of a a star he was at one point because we
2: were too young for the longest time and i'm sure this will come up again i kept confusing christian slater with Corey feldman Ooh, okay <laughs> i don't know why i guess it's like the bleach blonde hair look mm-hmm. i don't uh, know i don't even
1: think Corey feldman has ever sported bleach blonde hair well
2: he has big... blonde hair doesn't
1: he cory haye
2: yeah. oh, oh getting maybe your that's wrong. mixed up <laughs> there yeah i'm, I'm confusing my coreys and my christian slaters man a for Climbing the
1: Cube is directed by Graham Clifford, who's an Australian director, did mostly TV stuff, nothing you really would have ever heard of. But he was the editor on a run of some pretty interesting movies, including Don't Look Now, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, The Man Who Fell to Earth, and The Postman Always Rings Twice. So movies with at least six words in the title. Yeah. <laughs> this was written by Michael Tolkien, who also wrote, Deep impact and changing lanes. The stars Christian Slater, Stephen Bauer, Art Chudabala, Ed Lautner, McCole Mercurio, Peter Kwong, Charles cyphers Max Perlick, Tony Hawk, and Christian Jacobs. Has an IMDb score of 6.3 and a Rotten Tomato score of 29%. Yeah. Budget $10 million box office 2.77 mm. not a good one but also a very yeah. small budget this was like a tax haven kind of thing It was like oh we have 10 million dollars we got to spend by the end of this quarter let's throw this money at this guy
0: i'm glad i looked up on imdb the, the girlfriend in this because i was watching i'm like i think i kind of recognize her but i couldn't decide if i recognized her from um, either uh, karate kid 2 or big trouble in little china
1: big trouble in little china right
0: yeah it's big trouble in little china and I looked, she had I was like three oh, credits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, it's like one of those I'm looking like, kind of like, I recognize her. Like, it has to be in something I've seen a million times. It's like one of those things that I I say in the past where it seems like somebody wrote two different movies and then they tried to make it one movie.
1: Yeah, uh, I didn't I didn't feel that way in terms of the the flow, but I could totally see that in terms of like, oh, we have this arms deal sort of movie. Or yeah. people, you know, some regular Joe uncovers it and it's going on in his backyard and he's got to uncover it. And then he's like, uh oh, then I have the skateboarding movie because there's not enough skateboarding. That's no. really that's really what I could say about this movie. I needed more skateboarding. It's a
2: lot of yeah. casual skateboarding. Yeah, just kind of okay. like getting from point A to point B and not doing sick, gnarly flips or grinds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're there, but you would want more from this kind of movie.
0: I do love that Christian Slater's character has his uh, Gordon Bombay in uh, Mighty Ducks 2 moment where he just goes to the place by himself to think and then just skates really hard. You know, <laughs> I, was, in, I was thinking
1: more of Flash Dance where she goes okay. to an abandoned building and just dances.
0: <laughs> That's right. But, a better you know,
1: whatever your point of reference is, Mark, if yeah, you want to yeah. just stick to hockey movies, it's fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. The, the two movies they could have had was the Arms Deal espionage movie and then sort of a movie of, you know, the Vietnamese culture, the anti-American thing going on with the girlfriend and Christian Slater's character could have been a whole movie on its own, like two cultures getting learned to like each other, you know, sort of thing. Um, that Gung was Ho? Beginning. Yeah, like that was a big thing in the
1: 80s. <laughs> I just wanted more skateboarding. I wanted the whole thing to be about skateboarding.
0: And t- Tony Hawk's like- the best <laughs> actor in this movie, prove me wrong.
1: <laughs> I mean, Stephen Bauer's pretty good, he plays Detective Lucero, but there's not many great actors in here
2: do you actually like skateboarding and no oh, but i mean okay. i was
1: watch, i was watching a movie about skateboarders and i i just needed that i wanted more cheated. of it yeah i, I didn't no. go to a skateboarding movie to hear about mr wilhelm from
2: seinfeld uh, trying to get <laughs> weapons into vietnam yeah that that's... was my that wasn't my bag baby and that's kind of like going to a batman movie and you're just checking like you're just following alfred along as he's doing the chores around yeah. wayne manor
1: i mean it's not a bad movie it's just not what the movie i wanted it to be so i guess i really can't fault it for that
2: it's kind of a boring movie if you think it. About is it is kind of boring, boring. yeah <laughs> right because like, i i have it going on in the background right now yeah. there has been no action for the past 15 minutes just yeah. a lot of talking it's a missed opportunity
1: yeah, I, and I Tony Hawk doesn't skateboard nearly enough in this movie.
0: Unless if he's the stunt double for Slater's character.
1: He fair. is not. Okay. Uh, but we'll get into that on who is
0: Ben Margera. Ben Margera.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, there. He had two. Basically, I'll just say it now. It's uh. So when he's doing his kind of flash dance, skated out. That was Ronnie Mullins. And then the other actual skateboarding, Mike McGill. Mike McGill was his skateboarding stunt double. Never heard yeah. of either of them. Were they big in the uh, skateboarding S- community? So Rodney, Rodney Mullins was famous for his freestyle kind of tricks that he does, where it's just kind of like pogoing on it. Okay. And Mike McGill was big in the 80s. Okay. That was
2: so like
0: they are skateboard.
2: actual yeah. skateboarders. Yeah,
0: yes. Rodney Mullins was the only name I've heard before. Yeah. Brandy. I didn't know of Mike McGill
1: before. Tony Hawk does do some skateboarding as his character, but he does not double as Christian Slater
2: i was gonna say i was surprised that tony hawk has been around that long i think he's older than you expect him to be No, i think he's, he's like 50 or something right
1: he is now yeah so he yeah. was uh, i was watching an interview that he did on his website or something with christian slater like in 2012 and he said he was just out of high school so he was about 18 in mm. the time of this movie so that timing would have worked out just about 50 wow pretty yeah. cool i mean tony hawk pro Skater came out 20 years ago didn't it? Even more, yeah. more so probably. At this point, you guys want to get into the plot? Let's yeah, sure. It. Dan, what do you got for us?
2: Oh, yeah. As I've been doing on the episodes every week, I like to give a shout out to our good friend Tia uh, and her podcast, Top 10 with Tia. You could find her at Geek Vibes Nation. So Top 10 with Tia is a weekly podcast where Tia and her crew get together and they discuss top 10 lists. So, you know, top 10 actors, directors, Marvel movies, so on and so forth. So, go give her a shout out. Uh, she's a good person. And uh, we get together with our hatred of Zack Snyder movies. So, I mean, if you like Zack Snyder, don't check her out. But I would check her out anyway. She's awesome. Okay.
1: And we're gonna be right back. But before we get into the plot, we're gonna take a step back and listen to you some words from Friends of the Podcast. So we will be right back.
0: subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and
1: ghouls over there and welcome back and now it's time to get into the plot for gleaming the cube we open on john wayne airport in orange county california as some skateboarders skateboard on the tarmac with some super radical
0: music we even have a theme song for this movie yeah i yeah it's gleaming the
1: cube is the name of the song
0: and they have that late 80s early 90s thing with the like fuchsia colored underlines mm-hmm. going through to show you that it's you know it's a radical Idiots. man
2: unfortunately <laughs> they couldn't get kenny loggins for this movie dude. that would have been good this was a hundred percent a kenny loggins type of song yeah uh, so the
1: skateboarders are skateboarding on the tarmac and then they hassle a pilot brian played by christian slater wants the pilot to pilot them in a plane and he gives the guy some money, and the guy's like, I'm not going to take, I'll take you, but I'm not taking all these guys. And then we cut to immediately all of them in the plane. They ho- yeah. all hop on the plane and adorn this inside with stickers. Go ahead. Did it,
0: anybody notice the Tony Hawk sticker?
2: They
1: did. They did. I, I think, think it's a Tony Hawk
2: sticker.
0: The I first I think it's one. the
2: first sticker, right?
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. First smash Tony Hawk sticker. Boom and then uh, so they're all on the plane and one of the most impractical plans they are searching for empty pools to skate and they can only <laughs> see them from the air um if this were a helicopter it would make a little more sense but you can't just land a private plane anywhere right. so i don't know what their plan was to get
2: off the plane but they right, find what, a I, I was gonna say what do they do like they find one what if it's like it's a 10 minute uh, flight away that's probably like what half hour 45 minutes of a of a skateboard yeah. like skateboarding there and you have to remember where it was you don't you can't see the street names right so this is just yeah. a poor plan all around i mean
0: yeah. i think brian has a map
2: brian's got a
1: map but still it's <laughs> like all right well we're going back to john uh, john wayne airport hope you, you you marked it down it took us an hour to get to find it and now oh yeah. god imagine if it was an hour flight it it long? would take forever yeah. you gotta you gotta adhere to flight plans Oh yeah. You know, these you can't yeah. just
2: hop on a plane. No. Yeah, there there are other planes in the air, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's,
0: it's amazing to see these kids just be able to skateboard through an airport, especially post two thousand one watching this yeah. movie.
1: It's definitely not the best plan. And they, it's not money well spent. You probably could have just, you know, looked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean how hard it how hard is it is it to sneak into some like backyards and see if the pool is open or whatever. I agree. I I'm not a skateboarder though I guess. So I don't really know. You don't what know what into. it's
2: like, man. Right. I don't know what
1: what goes into finding an empty pool. You don't But I guess it's a life. thing. I guess in California you come across empty pools all the time. I don't I mean think or, so. I I guess skateboarding <laughs> wouldn't have been a thing I guess unless they that wasn't a thing, right?
2: Also sure. people's uh people's wardrobes back then were really weird. you have a you have like the typical punk skater look? But then you have a guy who wears, like, dress pants hiked up to his belly button. <laughs> it's like, Was that the style for skateboarding back then? I guess so. Nice yeah, pair of khakis. Yeah, right. <laughs> a, dr- a button down. Like, that's not very hardcore, man.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm rebelling against culture, but my mom buys my clothes, so I have to do what I can. <laughs> right. I <laughs> make do. And there's
2: a lot of Pizza Hut in this movie, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think some some Coca Cola too. Uh-huh. Uh,
1: but they find a they eventually they find a empty pool. So we su- they somehow get off the plane and I. So when we first when I first started watching this, I thought they were just gonna like skateboard off the plane or something. That I be. thought that was the original plan. That would have been radical. That would have
2: been very radical. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, just get a get us down low, bro. <laughs> right. Jump into the
0: pool.
2: Yeah. Or they just of
1: hanging course. off? <laughs> so much easier if it was a helicopter, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it could have looked like they were being deployed. Yeah, but no. So Tony Hawk then skateboards in the pool while every, everyone else watches him uh, until one of those other kids takes a spill and he, you know, scuffs up the pool with all his blood and the paramedics and cops are called. The kid gets taken away in a stretcher and Detective Lucero arrests Brian for trespassing. Also the, um. <clears throat> The pool owner is the voice of Stu Pickles from Rugrats, by the way. Oh, nice little uh, tidbit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has nothing to do with this movie, but he he was a uh, actor wound up in a lot of Mel Brooks movies as well. Um, I know he was
2: the, the voice for Country Croc.
1: Yes, yep. That's <laughs> that's where I recognize his Like, I heard him talking. I was like, ooh, I know that voice, Country yep. Croc. yep. <laughs> <laughs> so brian's parents bring him home and his dad is pissed because his dad is always pissed and yeah. he meets his adopted brother vin who thinks his dad is too hard on brian um, brian goes to his room and vin and him have a conversation they also have a long-standing chess game and then uh, vin's girlfriend shows up tina and vin leaves out the window david barely acknowledges her he just puts headphones on and rolls over because he's angsty mm, so the next angst. day it's yeah. The next day at school, Brian acts like a dick and runs into Vin's girlfriend while on a skateboard, and Vin apparently does his homework for him too. And then after school, Vin goes to work at a video store where his girlfriend Tina works, as her dad owns the place, and he and her dad really loves the Rams. That's what I got from this. Go Rams! That he's he's rocking the Rams hat. He's got a. A Rams poster. It's just a lot of Rams stuff. Um, so Vin is there. He's actually not working at the video store. He's de- doing some accounting work for the father who runs the Vietnamese Anti-Communist Relief Fund. He comes across some discrepancies in some shipping numbers, weights specifically, and thinks someone is ripping off the relief fund. He thinks this has something to do with a shipping company. And Tina's dad waves him off and basically fires him right there saying, I need someone more experienced if you're going to kind of follow down these rabbit holes and not do what you're supposed to be doing. So, at home, Brian makes a giant sandwich, and his mom gives him some super cool skateboarding pads and a helmet when he goes into his room with his giant sandwich and finds Vin smoking, who is in a bad mood. Then Brian gives him some nihilistic advice about not living for adults because eventually things are going to get blown up in a nuclear war.
0: I I, I do like in this scene, I don't know if it's because of uh, Christian Slater, but the part when he comes in and Vin's kind of angsty towards him with the cigarette and he goes okay and he's like let's do this again get up <laughs> go and open the door but mm-hmm. it starts over come back again hey why so you know just that whole whole thing i was like oh that's pretty cool i got to chuckle at it and i don't know if it's just the way christian slater's acting ability just pulled that dumb idea off that was mm-hmm. you know probably in the I'm- script so it's, it's one of my favorite scenes
2: i was actually surprised that christian slater was happy that he got pads and a helmet <laughs> right right because right? they always make it seem as if like only losers wear you know pads and a helmet like mm. I, I don't need this mom I'm, all the kids are gonna make fun of me and he was like well this is awesome I'm like well, oh, that's i guess this was made to be a before we find out that this is like a a, a crime mystery movie uh i thought this was gonna be like oh like a psa kind of movie like oh you know not all skateboarders are punks, you know. We we can obey the law, too, you know.
1: Right. Uh, to that point in that interview that I watched with Tony Hawk and Christian Slater, he said the one scene he hates is towards the end is that he has like a reaction shot for when all the skateboarders come over the hill. And he was so upset because he has to wear that stupid helmet. <laughs> he yeah. felt
2: like he just made him look like super dorky. In his defense, he did look super dorky. <laughs>
0: he does. He really does.
2: <laughs> so he's not wrong there.
0: That's the most flattering helmet. Uh,
1: so then Vin realizes that, thinking it over, that he, he maybe have been some, onto something with WMS, the shipping shipping company. So later that night, yeah, Vin goes to check out WMS headquarters, sneaks into the warehouse and finds an entire row of boxes dedicated to the Viet. Vietnamese Anti-Communist Relief Fund, VACRF, to be specific. Uh, he tries to open one up, but someone turns on the lights and he has to hide. Mr. Wilhelm, George's boss from Seinfeld, catches him and he pulls a gun on him and tells him to come with him, basically. And a motel he catches Wilhelm... him off
2: screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was really confusing.
1: <laughs> yeah, we think we see Vin go to hide, and then we see him coming around the corner. But then he's like, "I see you," and we we don't know for a fact that he does.
0: Yeah, the, yeah. Vin basically goes cops,
2: right? Yeah, police, you
0: know. no owner.
2: Yeah. yeah, just just a strange series of events right yeah. there. Really micromanaging, Mr. Wilhelm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think his, his name is Lawndale. I think in this movie.
0: Yeah, Lawndale.
1: Something like that. Um, at a motel, Wilhelm and a goon start trying to pump him for info, thinking he's working for someone else. And then Tina's dad shows up, and Wilhelm goes to talk to him outside. When they both come back in, the goon has accidentally killed Vin. He's just kind of like had a heart attack or something like that. Um, he's been so they take like a uh, rolled up uh, t-shirt, they soak it, and they kind of like put it around his neck and kind of strangle him with it a little bit. But the uh, the goon says that he's done this plenty of times before, and this has never happened before. So, uh, then the next morning, the maid comes in to find Vin hanging by his belt in the bathroom. They've staged a suicide for Vin. So the cops show up, and Lucero is the detective of the case, and the motel manager, super racist, mistaking Vin for Chinese. And then when Lucero corrects him, says they all look alike to him.
0: (laughs) The the wokest late 80s police detective, Lucero.
1: Lucero, played by uh, Stephen Bauer, who you might know from uh, Scarface. He plays Manny. Yeah uh where am i uh so at school brian's dad shows up to tell brian that vin has committed suicide brian has a breakdown and then tries to de-stress by skating the half pipe the skateboarding is done by mike mcgill and they have a funeral for vin but brian acts really antisocial, showing up on a skateboard halfway through it and places a chess piece on the casket um i this thought i the, the was gonna freak out yeah oh, how preposterous is this if they had a monocle, he'd drop it into the, uh, into the, uh, into the, coffin. the plot. <laughs> right. My word. Oh, never. Right. Uh, yeah. This whole yeah. chess thing never really comes into play as much as I think this movie wants to, it to.
0: So I think this, this moment would have hit harder if you would have known that, um, Vin was playing the white side of the board, you know, because he puts the white King, right. you know, on the, uh, on the casket. Like, he's supposed to be like, oh chess but if it's like, like oh man that's his king you know uh, mm-hmm. but they do nothing to make that moment as emotional as it you know looking from the outside sort of like I think they meant for that to be like a powerful moment it just just falls flat
1: look yeah, I, you can't I, have both you can't have both a chess movie and a skateboarding movie you got to pick
2: one or the other yeah, th- those you know, two things are, are- are two totally different aspects of the sports spectrum.
1: Yeah, they, they you hate each other. Cubes,
2: the other you don't. Okay. What if that's a, a chess move? I gleaned your cube. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, throwing away my chess, skateboarding, spy movie.
1: So, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie beat
2: you to it. <laughs> Damn I, it! I, I like the idea of showing that um, Christian Slater's character is is just. I guess he's deeper than what society makes him out to be. Like, oh my God, yeah. he, he plays chess? How can that be? But it would have been good to, to see, like, all right, we know that they play chess, but they don't really mention how often they do it or how many times so-and-so has won. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, the brother mm-hmm. just keeps winning, and the, it, I think it would have made a little bit more of an impact if it was, like, that was their final their final game after yeah. Christian Slater never got to beat him. Yeah. Because, like, it it is shown that they kind of resent there's a little bit of a resentment between them, but not not mean spirited, I guess. I think it's just you know, it's Christian a Slater's rivalry. Cap- right. Yeah, that I think that's a better way to put it. But yeah, I I, I think it's a good way of showing, you know, like, oh, even though they didn't see eye to eye on things, they were brothers. Yeah. So I get it. That was cool. I just watched one of the silliest parts of this movie just right now, and it just totally undercut. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say because it's so (laughs) ridiculously stupid. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm trying to see that there's like underlying points here and this part just, it just totally shits on it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this this movie, uh, you know, or this whole chess thing um, felt like it's like that thing I do in real life where I say like part of a thought, but I made the first half of it in my head and not realize the person I'm talking to um, didn't hear the first part. So, you know, it has this whole, um, you know, you're supposed to take everything Dan just said about this chess game, you know, into that moment. But it's never been explained. But the writer was like, as he's writing the scene, is like, oh, yeah, they play all the time. Yeah, people will get this, right. you know, and not realizing that he never said the first part of that sentence. Sure. I think
2: I think Mark just wanted this movie to be an extra 45 minutes longer and it's nothing but playing chess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty chess match. That's what right. I want it. And them just kind of giving uh, witty one liners back and forth, you know? <laughs> how, it, yeah. it, it's almost like Magneto and Professor X at the end of every X Men movie when they play chess and just like, oh, well, what are you going to do if the world doesn't blow up in 30 years, Christian Slater? I don't know, but I'll figure it out. It's just something real stupid.
0: Bishop the queen three. Got <laughs> right. your rook, bitch.
2: Right. You should be wondering what I'm going to do in the next in my next turn. Yeah. Well, there's
1: one thing that we do know. He loves chess, but he hates more than anything in the world is Frisbee. We'll get to that later. (laughs) Uh, So at home, Brian finds the piece of paper Vin was writing those numbers down about the, uh, the shipping containers. So then Brian goes to the Vietnamese part of town to try and get some someone to translate the paper for him. But not before stopping by Pizza Hut and his buddy Tony Hawk, but it's just passing by. So he winds up at a pool hall, and some young dudes read over the paper and tell him that it looks like the paper is talking about drug supplies. So he takes the paper and skates off, and then the goon from the motel starts tailing him in his car. Very aggressively, I might add.
0: Yeah, my one thought in this whole scene is, because you see later that he knows... That Vin's girlfriend's, you know, like he knows what video store they work at. I was like, why didn't he just go to that video store, you know, to get it translated? Like, it just seemed random to just walk through the Vietnamese section of town and just walk up to everyone and go, can you translate this? Can you translate this? You know, know. rather than going to the one people you probably know.
2: I don't know.
1: That's a good point. It's a fair point. Uh, but then Brian goes to the motel and talks with the maid that found Vin. And she tells him to get lost because he says it was his brother. And she's like, ah, you're fooling me. Don't make jokes about that. Because obviously they're, one's Vietnamese and one's a white kid. Yeah. So then Brian spots the guy that's been following him. So he ducks out of you and loses the guy. Only to hitch a ride behind a bus and follow the guy that's been following him. The old switcheroo. That's, that might be what gleaming the cube means.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> another switcheroo. For, for the switcheroo. I, I pulled the old gleam gleaming in the cube. The cube. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been great if Christian Slater says that to the detective. <laughs> How did you find this? I pulled the old gleam in the cube on the guy. <laughs> oh, well played, Christian Slater. Well played. So I'm just going to keep st- calling him Christian Slater, by the way, not his <laughs> character's name. Uh, so the
1: guy stops to call someone on a payphone, and when he's not paying attention, Brian jumps into his back seat. I mean, now, was what's... I
0: the only one that thought that he was just going to slice his tires and then skateboard away? That would have uh, made more
1: sense. <laughs> i did i wasn't expecting that
0: okay that's what i i thought he was going to slice the tires and then you know maybe say a witty one-liner and the guy tried to drive away and then he'd skateboard you know would he no have sad.
2: said a, a a chess thing checkmate <laughs> check <right. laughs> yeah, every every one-liner should have just been a uh, a chess term <laughs> we find out the uh, the guy that's been following his name is win
1: meets up with wilhelm and tina's dad and tries to extort them he says someone's been asking about what they've been doing, and then he wants he'll tell them who it is, but he wants fifty thousand dollars and a plane ticket to Bangkok. And then he says, "Don't give me a jerk off hand job," <laughs> which
2: <laughs> is kind of redundant if you think about it. Most about certainly it. is. Yeah, I that's might, what they call might, a dream it, in the queue.
0: I might <laughs> right. I might incorporate that into my my sex saying, talks. Oh, okay. You know. <laughs> I Just when you somebody pissed me, me off. Don't give me a jerk off hand job, man. <laughs>
2: I feel like. You guys late on the rent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, somebody's
0: late on the rent. Don't give me a jerk off hand job, pay the rent.
2: (laughs) That and you would just be given a very confused look. But maybe (laughs) something maybe something happens, Mark. Who's to say, really? Yeah. I wonder if that was just a a bad take and that was the only one that they could use. (laughs) I I really hope that was was written. (laughs) I really hope that was written on the on the page. Don't give me a jerk off (laughs) handjob. Well what what are the other what are the other options <laughs> right yeah yeah i don't, I don't want to get too filthy here so we'll just uh we'll, Move we'll on. Let, yeah we'll let you figure it out the listener yeah. uh
1: so then there's a tussle and tina's dad kicks a gun out of win's hand and eventually win is shot and killed then uh wilhelm leaves tina's dad puts the body in his trunk and drives off and then brian runs away on foot Later that night, Brian shows up at night with Lucero and some other cops back to the Grove where Wynn was killed, but nobody believes Brian, so Lucero puts him in his backseat to take him home, and then Brian tells Lucero that he didn't think that his brother killed himself and that he was looking into what his brother was up to when this guy started following him. So Lucero drops off Brian and then goes to the motel to check the registry. Say something, Mark?
0: No, I'm waiting for you to get, I thought you were getting to a point that I do want to jump in at.
1: So uh, Brian goes to his buddy Yabo's house, who apparently has a bunker for a bedroom, and Yabo's mom is played by Rita Rudner. And Yabo talks about gleaming the cube, which is still an unintelligible phrase even after Yabo explains it. Um, what, what is it exactly? So uh, using um, the Urban most, Dictionary. No, uh, <laughs> well, uh, Urban Dictionary does have it, but I refer to the great wise dragonoid thirteen on YouTube who put it this way gleaming the cube is pushing yourself to the raddest and best limit possible <laughs> everyone else is in the cube but you go a bit bigger and can get outside the metaphorical cube everyone is in and you can polish it giving it a gleaming effect so thank Man. you
2: dragonoid 13 i'm taking this as gospel makes yeah, the most sense i was that's like that's, that's almost zen like yeah. if it, if it wasn't just totally stupid sounding <laughs> what do they call it when you're surfing and you're in the in the tunnel isn't there there's like a special term for it i can't remember it's but it, it's been it's so along long the lines since i've been in <laughs> the funnel bro in the funnel i know man <laughs> I, you growing up on uh, in hawaii and yeah. catching those gnarly waves Yep.
0: I haven't watched Point Break in a long time, so I can't tell.
2: There, there's got to be a like a zen-like saying for surfboarding, because it, I mean, it's almost adjacent, right, at this point? Viacondios, that's all I can think of. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's what they do. I'm going to go Viacondios those waves.
1: <laughs> uh, so Brian takes a phone book, which uh, Yabo apparently has in his room, and starts looking up Robert Wynn in in the area and then leaves so he writes down a whole bunch of them or he actually just rips out the page um, so Brian starts going to visit the addresses of Robert Wynn's and it's not as long as you think it would take to, for him so it, he goes to two places and eventually finds the right Robert Wynn and Lucero is already there so Lucero in his apartment is in Robert Wynn's apartment with Brian he says that he's not sure that his brother didn't commit suicide but he does know that his brother never registered at the motel So then Lucero then calls Brian a screw-up, and Brian is faced with the hard reality of a (laughs) cab. And then Brian (laughs) throws a hissy fit, but then sees a phone number written on a scratch pad and stealthily takes it. Yeah, Yeah. so,
0: and this is the scene where um, Lucero uh, starts doing that I used to be you sort of speech um, to Brian. And at this point, I'm like, is he going to skateboard by the end of the movie? Please tell me he's going to skateboard by the end of the movie. That would have been amazing. Right, I really (laughs) wish
2: he did. Well, he realizes that the his cop tactics aren't going to be the the uh the way to solve the the case and he has to go back to his roots
0: his yeah, teenage roots the cube.
2: He yeah he to has re- to the cube. right and and then Christian Slater's <laughs> character even says it no way he's gleaming the cube they and right it's never I don't think it's ever brought up again at, and looks at literally. the
0: camera and winks <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> double It'd guns be weird cherro on a skateboard though he's a pretty big dude
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, he which is really why the even role. more why I wanted it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, it's like it's like seeing Bobby Cannavale on a skateboard,
2: right? <laughs> because yeah. <it's> very similar. <laughs> with that with that great accent, that Italian accent of his. Yeah, I'm gleaming the cube here. <laughs> Watch out, punk. Uh,
1: so uh, he takes he. He finds that number written on the scratch pad, so he takes it and then leaves. So he tries the number, and it winds up being the number to Bolsa Video, the video store Vin worked at, and who Tina's dad owns. So Brian goes back to the police station talks to Lucero about what he found, and Lucero says that Bobby Wynn supposedly landed in Bangkok that morning. Then Brian shows Lucero the note Vin wrote, and the other officer translates it and tells them that it's an inventory list of medical supplies. So then Lucero then tells brian that he needs to forget about the whole situation and then when they close the book on vin's death it's going to say that he committed suicide and uh, brian has a hissy fit about that and says i mean yeah if your brother was killed and no he's not getting justice i totally get the fact that you're throwing hissy fit so i'm not passing judgment on brian is what i'm saying (laughs) yeah he's Uh, he's totally in the right for most of this movie yeah Uh, so brian can't accept this so he does the only thing he knows how to do he gleams the cube by which I mean he finds an abandoned parking garage and skates around. Uh, skating here done by Rodney Mullen. Uh, this is the point of my notes where I just say things that he does is called gleaming the cube.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Any, anytime he touches a skateboard, he's gleaming
1: the cube. <laughs> uh, so Brian goes to Vin's gravesite and talks to Vin and talks about what he's gotten himself into. talks to him about how Vin was always one step ahead of him and how he can never seem to follow through with anything. So then Brian goes home and sees a picture of Tina and gets the idea of asking her to help him figure out what happened to Vin. He approaches Tina at school the next day and she tells him that he basically can't be seen with him because they're too different and he dresses like a slob. So then Brian goes home and gets rid of all his skate stuff, starts dressing like a preppy and cuts his frosted tips off. He shows off his new look to his mom and scares the shit out of her. Dad comes home and sees Brian and in such a shock that he crashes into the garage.
2: He pulls a Danny Zuko at the end Hell of yeah. uh, Grease. Sandy! Oh. Sandy! yeah that's uh i i was gonna say he pulled a sandy but sandy becomes the greaser at the end right she gleams the cube uh well maybe (laughs) maybe we don't want to say that that was a definite but if you're in a flying car i would assume (laughs) something is getting gleamed (laughs)
1: um so the kids at school are all very shocked too so much so that someone calls 911 and (laughs) tina notices and then that night, Brian shows up at Tina's, Tina's house at night on the pretense that they're going on a date after the movie. Brian asks a lot of questions to Tina about her dad's business, so she changes the subject to skateboarding and asks what he loves about it so much. He says he could do it on his own, and he doesn't get judged by anyone, so she's confused as to why he would stop doing that, and he doesn't have an answer for it. Uh, so Brian goes home and catches his dad watching home movies of Brian's birthday, who was nothing but a shit in the video and who won't even play Frisbee without being an asshole. This is What's so sad about this scene is this is the most nostalgic video that his dad has of them. <laughs> is that Brian's being really shitty on his own birthday.
2: Yeah. You know, that's going to just come back and haunt him in the next 20 to 30 years, by the way. Because when his dad passes away, he, all he's going to remember is... I wish I could have played frisbee with my dad. Yep, he hates it so much. <laughs> this is or, so stupid. I don't think I've ever seen someone react so negatively to frisbee. frisbee. Yep, won't well, even, well,
1: even, <laughs> even put out a hand to catch it. Just like avoids it.
0: <laughs> or, or when the dad dies, he's like, oh, thank God I don't have to play frisbee. <laughs>
1: or he, he takes it the complete
2: opposite way. <laughs> so at his funeral, he puts a frisbee on his dad's casket. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> this asshole all he ever wanted to do he thought parenting was playing frisbee
1: <laughs> that is, in the video his dad sounds so excited to play frisbee with his two sons too it's so heartbreak. it's heartbreaking it's kind it's of heartbreaking yeah like, like, that's kind of a shit throughout the whole movie but this is like the one moment where he's vulnerable and like he's watching this video and it's the only one he could find of like his two sons together it's
2: just just brian being a complete asshole <laughs> <laughs> well that's also kind of on the family Although to be fair, 89 obviously we didn't have the technology that we do now where you could take video at any point at any time. Sure. You know, obviously video capturing technology was very rare in in the 80s. It wasn't as prevalent, but you got to take more videos than that I would imagine, right? Yeah. I mean or they were rid- de-
1: they they were pretty well off, so I would assume that they it wasn't like a, a money thing.
2: I wonder like if like he owning just owning a video camera. I wonder if he just the dad stopped taking video. After that, seeing that Brian is just a complete shithead, I'm like, all right, well, I'm not taking any more videos of this. This sucks. <laughs>
1: yeah. he's like, why do I want to remember this? Yeah, when Vin was and, alive, he's like, well, I guess that's the one we'll have, and then and, he didn't and, realize.
0: And the, and the fact that they used the two actual actors in it means that that must have been a very recent birthday.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was probably that past birthday. Yeah, yeah. man, I, I just, I can't imagine. Like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get real for a second. That you know, so my father passed away. And I can't imagine watching a video of me being a complete asshole to my dad. Like, oh, my God, that that's going to crush me forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Brian tries. Uh, go ahead, Mark.
0: I was going to say. And then I don't know if you were getting to this, but then they have a reminiscing story where it shows that Brian was even a dick before Finn got adopted. Yeah, and went to yeah Disneyland. I bet he was.
1: Yeah. So Brian tries to initiate small talk with his dad brian's dad laments about how he has treated brian and brian tells him that he shouldn't feel bad because he was always a problem kid even reminding him of the time that they got kicked out of disneyland for peeing on donald duck um then brian goes to the pier and meets up with his skateboarding friends the next day and they rag on him for his new clothes and his bike and they tell him that we're still here for you man even though you gave up <laughs> skateboarding and we know that you're really worried about vin and how he died and all that kind of stuff
0: yeah so, i love I the heart to heart from the skaters. Yeah.
1: Yabo's got, he's real deep, man. He's like an onion. Got layers, that Yabo. <laughs> so Brian shows up at a martial arts demonstration that Tina's dad is emceeing and, she is work, and that she is working. So he talks to her a bit about Vietnamese food for a bit and spots Mr. Lawndale, uh, Mr. Wilhelm from Seinfeld. And she says that he runs WMS. And Brian then recognizes what WMS was written on Vin's note. So yeah. he decides to sneak into WMS warehouse to find some evidence.
0: Which, by the way, this is the least secure warehouse I've ever seen. 100%. That two, two teenagers were able to break into it, like, what, weeks apart?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and they just kind of walk through the door. Yeah. Um, so at night, he, tries to, he decides to sneak into WMS warehouse to find some evidence, comes across the VACRF aisle and uses his skateboard to open one of the crates which happens to be full of weapons am- ammunition. and ammunition then Lawndale that's his name yeah Mr. Lawndale yeah and Tina's dad have a meeting at lunch about the break-in the scene is just for us as we learn as they're using the VA CRF to send the weapons to Vietnam it's the only thing that the only reason why the scene exists to fully explain to us the viewer what's exactly happening
2: at this point in the movie it becomes very dialogue heavy I've noticed. Yes. I noticed. So yeah. you're not going to get a whole lot of gleaming.
1: No gleaming of cubes for a while. Brian and Tina get closer. Uh, they talk about what Brian wants to be when he gets older, and he's super cynical about everything. Uh, he says he wants to be a, a veterinarian, but they're just going to turn the cows into burgers anyway, so what does it matter? Mm. That's, that, that hits home with me. It does, yeah. The new you like that. As soon as I heard oh, that, yeah. I was like, oh, Dan's perking up about that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Brian excuses himself to the bathroom and sneaks into her dad Tina's dad's office to find some evidence on him taking his prized Rams hat and a lighter. And Tina Imagine, catches him.
2: Uh, I'm sorry. Imagine that being your prized possession, a hat. <laughs> he loves that hat. He takes it everywhere, except for that's, wherever he was. That's so sad. <laughs> I hope <laughs> I don't ever become that man. Yeah.
0: I love the complete bullshit excuse he gives um, as to why he's in the room, and you know, and she just, she accepts just completely the... buys it. Oh, sure, He's
1: you're looking it. at that map of Vietnam. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this map, trying to figure out where Vin came from. Uh, not Which, still, why the fuck did you walk in in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then she tells him that uh, her parents are home and he needs to go out the back because she never told them that he was going to be there. And then later that night, Brian sneaks out of his house. He siphons gas out of his dad's car and heads to the WMS warehouse. In the warehouse, Brian sneaks onto the ground, sets off some fireworks and an outside office trailer. When security guards go to investigate, he locks them inside and then pushes the trailer down a hill. He then uses the gas tank as a Molotov cocktail and pushes it into a propane tank, and it explodes. He then plants the ram's hat as the scene to make people think that it was Tina's dad. But what about the skateboard that he uses? That gets left behind, too. Well, I so. guess they
0: assume that you think it gets burnt up in the fire. But- sure. But um, the,
1: the metal trucks was like oh well what's this oh it looks like a small kind of axle from maybe a a scooter or you know a skateboard maybe
0: <laughs>
1: yeah you think that they was, put it together
0: um and again the worst security ever mm-hmm. for a location yeah.
1: if you if you are running ammunition and guns in this warehouse you would think that you would beef up security just a little bit yeah um, two guards Mm-hmm. So, as the fire trucks put out the fire, Londale finds the hat and then goes to his car to call Tina's dad. Londale makes some threatening remarks to Tina's dad and hangs up. So, Tina's dad tells her mom that Tina has to go to her uncle's house immediately. And then Lucero shows up at Brian's house, tells him that he knows it was Brian that started the fire, but can't prove it. Once again, skateboard. Uh, Lucero yeah. also tells <laughs> Brian that now he's not listening to Brian and he was the only person that would. So, good luck, Brian. Yeah. Later that night, someone tries to climb in through Brian's window and it winds up being Tina. And Tina tells Brian that her dad is in some kind of trouble and she's scared for him. And they sleep in separate beds. She sleeps, sleeps in Vin's bed as... Uh, He's a gentleman. Yeah. Uh, the next morning, Tina is getting ready to leave Brian's house. And as she goes to leave, she finds her dad's lighter. Brian initially lies, but... <laughs> That's such a... Oh, I got
0: it at an army store. Yep. It has his name engraved on it. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he lies, but the she doesn't believe him, so he tells her the truth. And then Tina shows up back at her parents' house. Her dad has, was worried because she never showed up at her uncle's. She asks him what happened to Vin. Her dad admits that Vin's death wasn't a suicide, but it was an accident, and it was only because he was helping Vietnam. He calls Laundale to tell him that if Brian that it was Brian that set the fire, and Laundale wants Tina to kill Brian, but he refuses. On his way to school, Brian is followed by three guys on motorcycles. They tell him that Lawndale wants to talk to him, Brian tries to escape them by gleaming the cube, by which I mean skateboarding down hills really fast as they try to catch him on their motorcycles. Uh, once again, skateboarding here is done by Mike McGill. Eventually, Brian and two of the motorcycle dudes crash into the, in front of a police cruiser and they get brought into the station. Brian talks to Lucero, who tells Brian that the motorcycle dudes were following him because he called them several derogatory names. And Lucero tries to get Brian to admit he started the fire, but he won't say anything. Eventually, his parents come to pick him up while Lucero has to interrogate the motorcycle dudes. His dad's super t- pissed, but as far as we know, Brian only got run down by some motorcycle dudes. As far as he knows, Brian only got run down by some motorcycle dudes. So he's pretty pissed for no reason. Um, Brian seeks out and then goes to Yabo to try and get a new deck made. Meanwhile, the cops are about to get info from the two motorcycle dudes by accident. They name Lawndale while speaking yeah. Vietnamese, Vietnamese together, but the Vietnamese-speaking detective is in the room so he can confirm what they said.
0: Uh, that, that classic cop movie. Mm-hmm.
1: So Yabo finishes the new deck while Lucero goes to Brian's house to find that Brian snuck out at night. First of all, this new deck is pretty fucking sick, I gotta say.
0: <laughs> yeah, one, one thing I'm to go back quickly on to the, the detective thing. I just realized thinking about it that there must be a word for Lawndale because or else like a Vietnamese word for it or else they would have said Lawndale while speaking yeah. Vietnamese.
1: I was so- thinking that while I watched it. I
0: was like, oh well
1: wouldn't they if he if they literally said Lawndale, wouldn't they have just <laughs> when we've heard it? Um, so L- Lucero sees the lighter in Brian's room, so I guess this means he knows exactly where Brian's going to be, because um, I guess, I guess it, he's got his name on it, so, um, Yabo gets on the horn and tells all the skateboarding bros to meet up at the Pizza Hut truck, meanwhile Brian proceeds to glean the cube, and in this case it means he's going to sneak into Tina's parents' backyard, he sees yeah. through the window of Tina's dad's office that Lawndale is there. And Tina's dad tells Londell that he's not killing anyone and Tina knows so is Landell gonna kill her too? At that exact moment Tina walks in and Landell grabs her and holds her at gunpoint. You gonna say something, Mark?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, um that I love the fact that Tony Hawk's character has four telephones in his room. For mm-hmm. some reason it just it just made me chuckle.
1: Like it's to answer sponsorship calls. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's all it's, it's, it's a big deal. <laughs> I'm surprised one of them wasn't like a branded pizza headphone.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's his work phone. <laughs> um, so he, she's held a gunpoint. Her dad struggles with a gun, and Brian <laughs> – this might be a stupid point. Brian uh, <laughs> jumps with his skateboard through the giant plate glass window and isn't immediately cut to ribbons. Um, at the, uh, the gun goes off. Uh, at, this moment, Lo- at this moment, Lucero shows up at the house, just as Lawndale is exiting through the back. He goes through the house while Lawndale takes Tina and her. I think her brother. I think she takes them both hostage because someone's driving. I think, I think it's.
0: it's her I brother.
1: think it's his driver. Oh, it's his
0: driver.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it was just like he was coming up the lawn. I was like, well, does he live there?
0: <laughs> yeah, because uh, I think he looks back at the car, like sort of like he was probably coming to get Lawndale, saying, "Hey, we're blocked in."
1: Yeah. Okay. Sort of. Yeah, I I overlooked that. I couldn't figure out who that was. Uh, so he takes his driver hostage and police cruiser, uh, and they take Lucero's police cruiser, which for some reason Lucero has left the keys in the ignition. That's what a responsible cop would do. I don't yeah. want to just like not gloss over Brian jumping his skateboard into the giant plate glass window. Yeah. Um It was a
2: very ridiculous scene. There, um, did we get? I don't. We're getting to the most ridiculous scene. I think, in my opinion.
1: Maybe. Uh, If it it involves a chase, then yes.
2: Yes, yeah, (laughs) it definitely does.
1: (laughs) So Lawndale forces his driver to drive while he puts Tina in the back and they drive away. Tina's mom screams over her dad's dead body and there's little evidence that anyone helps her. It's just kind of glossed over that this man is dead in his office. Uh, Lucero then jumps into Lawndale's car and Brian helps him by breaking a fancy burglar alarm system and they drive off. Which I don't know why Lawnd, I guess because his his car is blocked by the police car. Is that the reasoning behind them stealing the police car? Yeah, they just I took guess.
0: the police car because that was you know it was easier to get out. Sure. And and because Lucero's an idiot and just keys in his car. Okay. Yeah. Um. That and then and then that shows that it's something he does all the time because when he immediately gets in Lawndale's car, he looks for the key in the ignition.
1: <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> as dumb as I am. <laughs> uh so brian and lucero are in pursuit as londell gets stuck in traffic lucero calls for backup and brian gleams the cube by which i mean he calls pizza hut and calls his skateboarding <laughs> friends to meet up with him. eventually yeah, that. pizza that's hut what gleams that's a lot of cube that's what gleaming the cube means it means calling pizza hut and calls your skateboarding friends to meet up with you
2: what would eventually- happen if we called pizza hut now and ask to gleam the cube do you think they would hang up on us or we get like the cube, pizza hut would they get like a Would we get a secret pizza or like half off the pizza i hope, I hope. Like <laughs> it, just, it just reminds menu. me of the last time you ate a full pizza hut pizza on your own <laughs> you yeah. gleam the cube that's what it is that,
1: that's what yeah eating a full
2: eat, yeah if you eat an entire pizza hut pizza by yourself you've i will say the cube. i will say it wasn't a large it was only like a medium That's a lot of cheese, though. Was yeah. We can't do that anymore, Dan. God, not at this age, Mark. No,
1: I I think I'd die probably. Mm. (laughs) My gallbladder would grow back just so it could like (laughs) (laughs) burst out again kill you again. Uh, yeah. So eventually they track Lawndale to a parking lot where they give where he gives them the slip somehow because he's the only police cruiser in the area, but somehow they can't see him. But then the chase picks back up. Lawndale causes an accident, which blocks the road for Lucero and Brian get Brian gets out and proceeds on his skateboard, including through the L.A. River for a short amount of time. And then there's a game of chicken between the police cruiser and Tony Hawk and the Pizza Hut truck and a whole <laughs> bunch of
0: skaters. It's such a great shot. I love that shot.
1: It's so ridiculous. like we have Tony Hawk here, like the, probably even at that time, like the greatest skateboarder. And he's driving the Pizza Hut truck.
0: <laughs> just the, just that close up. <laughs> Cody godiot it's great like the
1: dead stare yeah. like they yeah. were he was just like had no idea what he was supposed to be doing <laughs> cool. um and then all the skateboarders then chase after the police cruiser they'll hop into the back of the pizza hut truck and are off so londale londale then forces his driver to drive onto the interstate and winds up hitting a corvette Brian tells him tell, tells the guy in the corvette that that wasn't a cop and he should go after him and the guy's like yeah i should so he does yeah. And then he realizes, halfway through his chase, that Brian has hitched a ride on the back of his <laughs> car. But he doesn't really mind. Uh, classic gleaming of cubes right here. Yeah, uh,
0: and and, <laughs> and uh, Brian just becomes his hype man in the back. <laughs> you got it. You got it. He's over there. Get him. Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, that guy was really just, just yeah, whatever you say, kid on a skateboard. I'm just going to listen to everything you have to say. Yeah, uh,
0: I'll get my make it better moment out of the way. That guy should have been moving a rig now. <laughs> Okay. Uh,
1: Lucero is in uh, is on his own pursuit uh, with the police cruiser out in front of him. Eventually, he catches up with Lawndale and Brian in the Corvette, and then eventually the Pizza Hut truck catches up with everybody. And Brian pushes off the Corvette under a semi truck and hitches a ride on the Pizza Hut truck.
0: Best scene uh, in the movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: then uh, Lawndale's Lu- uh, driver can't drive worth a damn. Eventually, he crashes the car on the interstate and Lucero gets out and gets into a gunfight with Lawndale, who is still holding uh, Tina hostage. Then the Pizza Hut c- catches up, stops short, and Brian gleams the cube, by which I mean <laughs> he gets launched into a perfectly placed quarter pipe, which sends him in the air, and he lands on Lawndale, knocking the gun out of, him, off of, out of his hands and foiling his plan. So Brian goes to the hospital, and Tina visits him there, and they totally gloss over the fact that her dad is now dead, and she just says that they might go back to Vietnam, but he tells her to stay. Then Brian goes to the cemetery with Lucero, where they have some playful banner before
0: they drive off. Yeah. And then we- I lo- I love the only acknowledgement of her dad dying is, so your dad? And they just look at each other silently. Yeah. Oh, it sucks. You know, it's
2: like. <laughs> Damn, man. Did you it's get to play right Frisbee up. with him at least? <laughs>
1: uh, and then we get some extended skateboarding footage of Rodney Mullen and terrible wig. And that's the end of the movie. That's gleaming the cube, guys. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. It's all over the place. (laughs) It's just so weird that that was, that was what this movie was about was Vietnamese uh, ammunition running.
0: Can can I say that I, I got more into it as you were describing the plot going through. (laughs) I was like, yeah, yeah, this movie ain't bad. (laughs) I didn't hate it.
1: I I would say that. Like (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't bored by it. I mean, there's some boring parts. I'm not gonna say I'm not. I wasn't bored by other parts, but it,
0: you know, it it was
1: silly. Yeah, Yeah. this
0: movie is 100% saved by Christian Slater. Like, yeah, he's not bad at this. Yeah, if there's if you get a slightly less talented actor with, or even an actor with less charisma, um, it doesn't work. Like, sure, you you can't watch character, you know, for however long this movie is. Um, too short in my opinion. No, (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, you know. It, without that, without that charisma, it, it, it takes the boring parts of the movie and make them even worse. Like at least I'm there. Oh, I want to see, you know, Christian Slater, what he does in this interaction. You know, sort of. Maybe back then people would have been more bored because they didn't really know him, mm-hmm. you know, yet. But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's not bad. I mean, you know, if I wouldn't have searched out this movie for any reason, but. Now, mm. if it pops up for some reason on basic cable or anything, you know, I won't turn it off until the first commercial break.
1: Okay. Yeah. What are your final thoughts on this, Dan?
0: Uh,
2: I wish that it, it it didn't try to overextend itself and become this whole, you know, murder mystery cop drama kind of thing with skateboarding mixed in. It really should have been uh, Christian Slater's character and his his skateboarding friends maybe – you know, if you want to lean into it, are you know, like teenage detectives or something like that, and they skateboard. Mm. You know. Yeah. Uh, almost like a Nancy Drew or Lo- uh, Hardy Boys kind of thing.
0: I was thinking the exact same thing. I was going to yeah. make a Nancy Drew comment. I,
2: yeah, I, I, I think, think that would have made more sense. Yeah,
1: I think there's definitely like there's that moment where they come over the hill with a pizza hut truck, which is super ridiculous. That pizza hut truck, but it's like. You see all those skaters lined up and I was like, that's that's what the draw should be for this movie. It's just a bunch of skateboarders doing stuff together. You know, even if that's
2: solving mysteries or just hassling the man. Right. Or what if you did like a footloose kind of thing, right? Where, you know, like dancing is outlawed and, you know, here skateboarding is outlawed. And maybe uh, Brian's dad is, you know, the mayor or whatever, and they don't see eye to eye. So they, they, you know, they're clashing over it. Like, when are you going to give up this rebellious attitude and stop your skateboarding? Never, dad. That's my (laughs) identity, dude. And it's just like, I guess he wins him over. I don't know how the hell you win someone over by skateboarding. But like, maybe he enters a competition and he wins. And the dad sees how important it is to these kids that they're able to do this and, you know, stay off the street and not be in gangs, I guess. I don't know. Like, you could throw a little PSA in there. But you you could do it along those lines, too, where it's the generational gap. You know, we don't see eye to eye with these kids doing, you know, skateboarding and acting out like that. But, you know, it's it's not harmful. It's just them expressing themselves.
1: Yeah, this could have been a perfect 80s uh, vehicle to push Nancy Reagan's anti-drug campaign. You know, (laughs) these skateboarders. Take on drug dealers in their hometown, yeah.
0: not not yeah. not in Orange County. You get out of Orange <laughs> County. Vert- right, Brian, Brian unironically wears a Dare T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> right.
2: Who was the the mascot? Was it the lion? I the Dare Lion. I, yeah, he just has a. Who doesn't he have like a picture of Elvis on his shirt at one point? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell is that? Because <laughs> he's counterculture, man. Elvis oh. is counterculture. Jesus. He's freaking
1: out the squares. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's really bringing it to him yeah. uh, I, I i couldn't tell if it was elvis or prince <laughs> I like, well i guess it would make more sense if it was prince Somebody i to go probably with that would. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah that's classic mistake <laughs> yeah well th- th- listen the shirt was crumpled so you know prince had the the opulent hairdo you know he he looked fly af so i'm not saying that uh elvis looked fly but you know they had the the quaffed hair kind of thing going and uh yeah i just i think i i, I don't get what the overall message of this movie was right and, is there a message here and
0: the weird thing when you think of the time period right um are, are we to assume that the weapon smuggling was helping the south vietnam you know you know take a like fight the north like the you know, being anti-communist, wouldn't they be technically the good guys in 1980s America? You well, know, I think the, that's what the anti-communist. Movie,
1: that's, I think in the begin in the beginning of this podcast, that's what I kind of was trying oh, okay. to glean from this: of this is being completely anti-U.S.'s involvement in Vietnam. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Because that that was my thinking. I was like, or, I guess I guess if you take that reading from it, yeah, it's yeah, no accident, yeah, no accident,
2: Mark. Yeah. No accident. Was this a way for America to like? pull like to get a w over vietnam like oh we stopped a an illegal arms dealer so you know take that vietnam america well, well, technically... no because he he lands on a white guy <laughs>
1: oh that's true but he was helping the vietnam right but he's an american so you get, mm-hmm. once again it's anti-american's involvement with vietnam okay yeah
2: that makes more sense then okay well we lose again i guess <laughs> I, I don't know the good people win, but it's not yeah. who
1: you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, it's, I just—it's weird seeing Christian Slater as a as a hero, I guess. But he was pretty big back in the eighties. Obviously, I'm sure. Yeah. It, uh, it wasn't his first heroic role. Yeah. But this and obviously you know, this movie bombed. Yeah. So it didn't help his stock. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, have
1: we already covered what we would do to make better and make this better? It sounds More like we have.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I jokingly did the Lou Ferrigno joke. That's yeah, the only no, thing I, you would change? No. It, <laughs> it's a 10. Lou <laughs> in that it's Corvette. A it's a 10. Lou guy in the Corvette, it's a 10. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, it's what like if, Godfather Part 1, you know.
2: Right. I'll just throw some Lou Ferrigno in there. It, I think it would have been fun to have Tony Hawk just come in at random parts of the movie, and it, it's basically just him passing by without anyone noticing him. <laughs> right? Just like him hey, hey, everybody, and just skate away. And then I'm just drop a, a perfect 900 in the background. Right, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it would have been so great. <laughs> and no one pays him any attention. Yeah.
1: Well, you guys got any final thoughts on this podcast?
2: Uh, I think there are definitely better, funnier movies to watch from uh of this genre out there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend this movie to anyone else, really. I think it, it doesn't get a passing grade from me.
0: Okay. Yeah, unless the only reason I would recommend it to someone is if they have like some kind of, you know, um, fandom for Christian Slater and just haven't found this. Okay.
1: Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, I think, I guess that's going to wrap it up. You guys want to plug your shit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at the Aquino 122 is my Twitter account. You could also follow our real play D and D account on Twitter and Instagram at stranger Damies. closing in on 900 followers. We're almost at 1000 and, uh, I was talking about it on the stream on Sunday. Once we reach a thousand followers, that'll be like my greatest accomplishment ever in life. So, <laughs> I'm I'm eagerly awaiting that 1,000 follower. Uh, so yeah, if you want to talk about D&D, we talk movies, we talk games on there as well. You know, we're multifaceted. So you know, come drop by, tell us you love us, tell us we suck, uh, whatever. We just want to talk to you guys.
0: Yeah, and then we have our podcast, Stranger Damies. Uh, The D&D podcast airs every Wednesday. Um, The episode airing right before this was the end of our um, end of a session. Uh, So you'll you'll get to pick off with uh, a nice cliffhanger, as I always like to do at the end of sessions. Um, And and our um, video game uh, podcast, uh, the Game Vault Pod, or Game Ball Podcast is probably the easier way to find it, um, aired a new episode on Monday. And, um, you know, we, um, we, we have some fun talking about, you know, uh, the news going, um, forward, you know, Ubisoft did their thing and stuff like that. So if you have any interest, um, in video games, you know, please check us out there. Um, you can find them on I, both of them on iTunes, Google play, basically search for Stranger Damies or the Game Vault podcast and you can just find them. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts
1: okay great and we are they call this a movie you can find us at they call this a podbean.com on any podcast streaming app just look for they call this a movie and we will pop right up we are on social media at the main because the main is our main website so go to the main and you can find us on twitter facebook instagram at the main and we are also proud member of geek vibes nation they are at gvnation.com and on all podcast streaming apps and on all social media apps, just look for geek vibes nation. They will pop right up. Bunch of great shows on there. I still haven't made that list of, that I keep saying every week, uh, that if you've got, if you like geek stuff, if you have interests, anything that has to do with pop culture there's going to be a show for you on there somewhere. Check them out. We're there. Bunch of other great shows are there. Something for everyone to be had there. Uh, Our email address, if you want to drop us an email, themaynamey at gmail.com. You could uh, send us uh, some recommendations for movies to watch, or you could do that at Twitter, too. We're very active there. Um, I'm at antdelvec on Twitter. You can find me there. That's my personal. um, And I think that's going to wrap it up. I don't think I've forgotten anything. Uh, So, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for Gleaming the Cube from 1989. I don't think we quite we still don't have an understanding of what gleaming the cube means but
2: um uh, you know maybe it next episode we'll figure it out listen to your heart whatever it is yeah it's in there yeah
1: it's it's the skateboarders version of john it can mean anything uh so this movie was directed by graham clifford so for dan aquino and mark myers this is anthony Lavecchio telling graham clifford well you've certainly made a movie didn't you